The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am your host, Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to be here with you today on the Unity Online Radio Network. We got a fabulous show today, and I'm here today like we're here every Monday discussing peace how to develop and create a life of peace every day. We do this every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or whatever time it is right now in your neck of the woods. And yes, you heard me right. A life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Just breathe that in for a minute. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having a life like that? Can you imagine having your today like that? A complete day of wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Well, I'm here to tell you that, yes, it is possible. Yes, you deserve it. And yes, you can have it. Guess what you're going to need on that journey? You're going to need some self-confidence. Some self-confidence would be a key foundation to developing your life of peace every day. And we are so fortunate today to have with us Chantel Anderson, who is a, uh, uh, I'll get my words all tumbled up because she is a former WNBA player. How fantastic is that? Amazing. Who is currently um, operating a business as, self, as a self-confidence coach, a confidence coach. Who couldn't use that? I could use that on many days. Many of us can. If you've lived for any amount of time on planet Earth, you know our confidence. I say, I always say that confidence is sexy. That's, you know, confidence is the new sexy because you want to be around people who exude confidence. We want to be that person who exudes confidence, but we all find ourselves at some point in our life where our confidence is in the tank. And that's because we live in a performance-based world, right? We're always having our performance measured against something else. And if we fall into that prey, sometimes our confidence can need a boost. So we're super excited to welcome to the show today, Chantel Anderson. Welcome to Everyday Peace. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to to be on today. And thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm delighted. I'm excited about this this conversation that we're going to have today because confidence is key, isn't it? Oh, yes. I, I always say that confidence is the one skill that enables every other skill we have, meaning it doesn't matter how good you are at something or how well you can do it. If you don't believe you can do it and believe it to the to the point where you can act on that belief, then it doesn't matter how good you are at it. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, that old saying that says, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Right. So, right. <laughs> so that's, just, that's all confidence. <laughs> right. That's all confidence. But we're going to go back to the very beginning and, and bring our listeners up to date because you have a 
fabulous journey, which took a lot of confidence. And um, so in 1997, uh, the WNBA had its inaugural season. In 2003, they had the great fortune of recruiting you. Right? Yes. <laughs> In 2003, you joined the league. And so tell us what it was like joining a professional, professional WNBA basketball league that was predominantly male-dominated. That must have taken a lot of confidence to get into that. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, it was awesome because the NBA has been around for many, many years. Um, and then in 1997, they decided to create a sister league, which is the WNBA, the women's NBA, right? And so up until that point, um, you had had a few other professional women's leagues in America, but the WNBA was the first league that was um, – started with the support of the NBA. So that made, that gave it immediate legitimacy. Right. Um, and so that was really cool. But for the first time, so for the first time, American fans got to see the best women's basketball players in the world on a stage on a national stage in America. So that was really cool. Immediate, I was in high school at that point. So right away I had a new dream to shoot for because I had, I had all the women on my wall, on posters. I had Lisa Leslie, Don Staley, Cheryl Smith on posters on my wall. And, like, it was my dream to make it to the WNBA from that point forward. And I ended up going to Vanderbilt University, and I was fortunate enough to have a really good career at Vanderbilt uh, and was selected second overall in the 2003 WNBA draft. And it was just a dream come true, something that I, it sounds cliche, but it totally was because I've been dreaming about that since high school. Definitely an honor to be among the best in the world at the sport of basketball. Right. Because I think like the WNBA represents like the top, like 1%, right? And yes, in that, for sure. in the, so that's, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. Oh, so my hat you. off to you on that, but <laughs> I'm thinking like, well, were you always a sports person, like from, you know, elementary school all the way up, were you always into the sports and, you know, knew that you wanted to play some type of sport when you got into college? And that... Yeah. Um, no, funny enough, I wasn't at all. So I started playing sports relatively late in sixth grade. I actually started with soccer. I didn't start with basketball. And then I got into seventh grade. I started playing basketball. Eighth grade, I started getting more serious, but I hated basketball my dad would not let me quit. I was not good. I was, I remember one time we were in, um, I was playing YMCA basketball in seventh grade and I was super tall. I'm six, six now, but I was super tall back then. I was growing. I was trying to find, get control over all my limbs and everything as I was growing. And so I used to foul a lot. And so one time I fouled out of the game in like the first half. And instead of going back to sit on the bench with my team, I went up in the stands and I sat by my mom and cried on her lap, like in front of everybody. <laughs> so needless to say, I did not start out great. And basketball was not my favorite thing. Uh, I didn't fall in love with it in prob until probably around uh, 10th grade. And that's when I realized, oh, wow, like this is something I love. This is something that I can, um, I want to take me far. Um, it can pay for my college. I can I can really do this. And so that's kind of when I fell in love with it. 
Well, you know what, Andrew was saying that, saying kudos to all those parents who, who make their kids do it when they don't want to do it. Because, hey, look what happened. You could have a WNBA player in the making, in the making. I know, and that right? took, right? It takes a lot of confidence for a parent to do that. But I want to talk about this transition because you went from a prestigious university, playing um, basketball at a prestigious university, but to up level your game, to go from a collegiate level to playing in the pros, that transition. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and we're focusing a lot on confidence because I know that transitions are hard for people. Um, when yes. we, and we talk about our confidence because, you know, there's a, uh, uh, I think I heard it in a rap song, <laughs> new levels, new devils. Right. Right. So, you know, <laughs> right. So, uh, and that's true. Right. So I think that, confidence is what you need in order to go to the next level because you could have all the talent in the world but if you don't have the confidence to face what's what's ahead of you at the next level you'll get stuck right there so talk a little bit about what was what it was like going from the collegiate level to the pros and that transition yes for sure um so it is hard and like you said you know Transitions are always hard, no matter how good you are at something. And so I was coming out of college as a three-time All-American, the, you know, leading scorer in Vanderbilt history. Like, I had a ton of accolades, um, and including the second overall pick. But then when, when I got to the WNBA, when I got to Sacramento, I had to earn my confidence all over again. And I was not – I did not feel confident at all because the, it was the first time uh, for my actual team that I was sitting the bench. I was not a starter. I was not playing. Uh, I didn't have a really, uh, I didn't have anyone on my team that I felt like I could go to for support. I didn't feel like I was valued. I didn't, like, there was a lot going on. And so I struggled a ton with confidence at the beginning of my WNBA career. And really for two seasons, um, for my first two seasons in the league, I struggled a bunch with confidence. It was really hard. Yeah, and it's that push. It's that push and that drive that we're going to talk about today. And maybe, and maybe hopefully some tips to get people over that. Because I know, myself included, when you think about going to the next level, you're like, you're really, really good at this level. You're really, really great at this level. Yeah. When, you get to the next, when you get to the next level, everybody's really, really good. Right. And you're saying to yourself, like... <laughs> Right. So how do I, how do you distinguish yourself? And uh, and, I, you know, I talked in the beginning about we, we live in a performance based world and I have a kid, a freshman yeah. in college and a sophomore in high school. And it is so competitive. You know, it, I can't even imagine yeah. if I was trying to grow up in this era as opposed to when I did grow up. I thought it was competitive then. But now you're competing against the whole world and your test scores and this right. and that. And so it's we've got to find a place where. Uh, at least for me, what I tell my kids and what I tell myself is that we're looking for progress, not perfection. And mm-hmm. um, and that within itself um, helps me sometimes. And I say, okay, you're not measuring up, but I'm not really using an external barometer. But in a, th- in a field like uh, professional sports, which you did, there is definitely an external barometer. So you got you to gotta really have your confidence in place as well as your yeah. A game. But you really got to have your confidence in place because everybody's great at that level. Right, everybody's oh, yeah, good definitely. there. <laughs> so, so we're just coming. We're coming forward to to what you do now, and I want to give our listeners just a a good um, 
history because a lot of times we look at people like yourself and we say, oh, easy for them to say because look at where she is. And I really want to paint the picture for people is that you are here because you put this confidence in place and you had to put it in place for each transition of your life. You had to really say, okay, this, you know, you had to dig deep and stand on the principles that you teach, which are confidence, which is really what, you know, so I want us to reject the idea of that Chantel Anderson started off at the top, you know, I don't know why I got all these songs in my head today, but oh, no. <laughs> it started from the bottom and I'm here, but, but there, but you know, so you leave the NBA, you leave the WNBA and then yeah. you go into just knocking them dead in sales. Well, <laughs> yes. And you know, I, I don't want to skip over the year after I retired because that is when I got into, that is when I started developing what I do now because I retired from the WNBA and my confidence completely crashed. And wow. from that point I was like, Oh my gosh, what do I have to offer the world? What, what can I do? Well, I had no idea what else I had to offer the world other than me being an athlete. Right. I had been an athlete my whole life. And then now I can't do that anymore. What do I do? Um, and at the same time, I had gotten used to getting paid for doing something I love. And I didn't know what else I loved besides basketball at that point. So I my confidence was in an all time low. And I took a year and I tell people this, like, listen, you have to do the work. You have to confidence. Building confidence is an inside job. I took that year and. I asked all the hard questions, and this is what I tell my clients to do. I asked all the hard questions, and then I listened to my answers, and I took action based on what I heard. And so I went through my head. I went through my heart. I, I addressed all of those things that we don't want to <laughs> wanna pay attention to, and I looked inside myself. And that journey is what allowed me to build confidence in who I was as a person instead of what I do. So before I had confidence in me as an athlete, as a basketball player, but now I was able to build confidence in me, myself, as a person, then I can take that confidence wherever I want and apply it to what I do in any situation. So that's how, like, I was a student of my own teaching and of my own process long before I started teaching it. That's how I know it works is because I used it, and then I started helping other people. Once they started to notice the difference in my life, I started helping other people apply it. I love that. It, it, right now, I'm sitting here like with my hand on my chest because um, I feel that the most impactful way to teach someone something is first to relax them and then to give them your heart. Just give them your heart and they absorb that. And and how you do that a lot of times is when you learn organically, like you ask yourself the hard questions and you start saying, you know, I'm going through this process. Probably at the time you didn't even realize you were going through the process. You're just trying to climb your way out of this hole and figure out how you can get on level ground and then how <laughs> you can get to the mountaintop. Right. Yep. And, and I, I love that because that's exactly how I developed everyday peace. And that is my exact formula. And then I started trying it on other people like, oh, yeah, it worked for you, too. Oh, yeah, it worked for you, too. So yeah. um, 
It is great when you give people your heart and you do that from your own journey, which is what life is all about. Each of us um, taking from our own life and then giving to the world. I truly do believe that. So I know this, I know um, this is, is the spot on what you're saying. It was just spot on. So you get, so you get in this, you get in this place and where you get out of the WNBA and you feel like, okay, what am I, what, what next? And what next that I love? Because there's a lot of stuff you could do, but like, I love the fact that you were getting paid to do something that you loved. That Uh is rare. That is so rare. I don't talk to a lot of people who do that, but you were getting paid to do something that you love and that you had that that energy too, you know, that you had experienced it. So, you know, that getting paid to do something that you love is not like a unicorn. It can really happen. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a realistic thing that actually happens. I always say that it ruined me though. <laughs> I'm thankful that it did, but it ruined me because like a lot of people, they figure they, they don't know what that feels like. And so it makes it easier for them to settle. But I learned what it was like at a very young age to get paid for what you love. And so after basketball, I, I, I've never been able to settle for a job that I didn't love, which is a blessing, but it's also a curse because when you don't know what you love, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to find it and I'm not going to stop until I find whatever. And so I've had several different stops along the way getting to the point where I'm now an entrepreneur and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love what I do every day. So. <laughs> Oh, that's so beautiful. You, and you know that I'm telling you all this ancient stories from my life. But <laughs> when I was no, in high school, I love stories. <laughs> when I was in high school, I sat in senior seminar and, the, you know, I sat amongst the whole senior class and we had a guest speaker come in and he had us close our eyes and we had to think about the one thing that we absolutely love to do. And then, you know, we have to open our eyes. And then he said, um, that's the thing that you're going to study when you go to college. He said, that's what you're going to do. He said, because everything else will feel uh, not satisfactory to you. And mm-hmm. I thought to mm-hmm. myself, this, of course, it's not what I did. I, I didn't go to college for what I love. And, you know, majority of my friends didn't either. We, you know, we went to college to do what you thought could make you a decent career and all that kind of stuff. But as I'm listening to you speak right now, I know that way back when, and when I sat in that same senior seminar, that guy was right. Because uh-huh. we all des- we all deserve that, that feeling. Yes. Uh, and, that's, and that's when you give your best work to the planet Earth. You give your best self to the human race when you are 100%. in your best place. Yep. Right. Yep. I to- I totally, totally agree. And that's, that's one thing. That's why I do what I do as far as confidence improvement and helping people build their confidence, faith and intentional living is I 100% believe that everyone should live their best life. And not only, not only that, but that everyone was created to live a life that they were inspired by, that live a life of purpose, live a life that they were doing something that they felt like impacted the world and made a difference and made it a better place. Like we were created for that. And so I just want to help people do that. Right. Because to do anything less than that, and I hope everyone gets this to do anything less than that means that you're, you you could be doing tremendous work. I'm not saying that you're not doing tremendous work, but when you're doing Uh your soul's work, when you're doing your heart's work, that's when you're Uh at your best. And that's when you're really giving what you came to earth to give. 
yes that that place that place right there that's when you're doing your soul's work and you you say to yourself this is what i have to do i have to do that so this is like breathing or drinking water we have to do that and so many times i forget the statistics on it but i read it a lot um that the average american is not in, in their vocation is not doing their passion. Now, hopefully they're yeah. getting it in their they're getting it in there somewhere. Hopefully they are. And I encourage people too that if you don't know what your passion is, try a lot of stuff. You know, I say, you know, oh throw it God. up against the wall. If it doesn't stick, try the next thing. This is your life. It's okay. But try a lot I of stuff till you that. find something that you love. <laughs> yeah. I we have that. to. We have to. I tell people I tell people that too. And I actually that's something that I tell myself all the time, I, you know, one of my mantras um, that I repeat often is fail fast. And, you know, I say entrepreneurship is like spaghetti, you know, like you don't know when something is ready. And so you take the noodle out, you throw it at the wall. If it sticks, then it's ready. If it doesn't, then it's not ready, you know? And uh, right. so that's so, that's so true. Fail fast and, and keep figuring it out until you, you feel like you're at that place. Oh, I love it. Fail fast. I may start using that term. Thank you. <laughs> that is no, wonderful. No, fail, fail, fail fast. And we go, and, fail fast. and don't be so concerned oh, about this word fail. <laughs> yeah. And don't be so concerned about this word fail. Right. I mean, we get so emotional about, oh my gosh, I failed. Yep. That's why I'm moving on yeah. to the next thing. <laughs> right. oh, and that, that is honestly something basketball taught me. Is, um, I say fail fast, but uh, the the sister mantra to that, if you will, is grace and gratitude. Um, and basketball taught me this because uh, when my coach was trying was teaching me a new move, right? He would give me he would show me how to do it, and then he would give me the ball, and I would try it, and I would mess up horribly, right? And then I'd throw the ball back out and be like ball, and he'd throw me the ball back again, and I tried again, and I'd mess up, and he'd throw me the ball again, and I tried again and mess up, and it's just over and over reps 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 over and over and over again and then all of a sudden you know at some point you get it right and then you're like yes but then it's still not natural so you throw the ball back out and you do it again and more reps rep 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 until you can do it without thinking until it becomes natural a natural move for you who you naturally are as a player and in life it's the same way we have to be willing to rep 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 we have to be willing to be bad at something long enough in order to get good at it. And that is what feeling fast means. It means like being willing to take those reps. But at the same time, as you're taking those reps, you have to give yourself grace and gratitude. Why? Because like you can't beat yourself up every time you mess up, right? You got to be like, okay, grace, I'm doing the best I possibly can at this time um, I'm going to get it right. I'm continuing to fight. I'm continuing to try. And I'm thankful for this opportunity to be here right now. I'm thankful for this and this and this grace and gratitude. So those are just letting you into my mental process. But that, those are two, two things that I tell myself um, as, as an entrepreneur um, and also as a woman of faith, like all the time, grace and gratitude and failing fast. 
I love that. And so I want to just keep everything in context for some of our listeners, because I know that I always uh, like shop these topics around people that I talk to who may or may mm-hmm. not be able to call into the show. And I ask questions to them like the you know, roaming reporter. <laughs> and some, some yeah. of the things that I get from people is why, and, and this is one of the questions that I ask people as I was preparing to have the opportunity to talk to you today is that why don't we try different things in our ordinary life? Why why are we so hesitant to try something new? Is it, is it a sign of us not having high self-confidence? And one of the things that someone said to me, when you talked about this grace and gratitude and fail fast and the reps especially, mm-hmm. brought to my mind a conversation that I had with someone who said this to me. He said, this is the real, he said, this is my job and I'm not taking any chances on, you know, I, I'm I don't like to do a lot of new stuff because if I don't do it well, cost the company money and then I fail and get fired. Now, I got to say this, right? So you're talking about, you know, this is everyday life, but it also exists in the WNBA too, because you this is competitive. A lot of money is going out here. So you're still under that same pressure. And I want people to realize that that's, that's part of the spice of this thing in life, right? No uh-huh. risk, no gain, all of that's right. in there. And I, I am so in tune with that. All of us are because our livelihood is connected to performance. It, it just is. That's just way, the way yeah. it is in the corporate world. Our livelihood is connected to performance. But I will say, I will say this, and I hope you know. I'd love to get your opinion on it. Is that our soul's work is connected to next leveling everything, expansion. So that takes a risk in the physical world. We may be risking and say, you know what, I'm going to try something new. This client approach or this stock or this move in the WNBA and basketball, I'm trying something new. And no, I may not be great with it. And in the beginning, in the beginning, there may be a cost and efficiency. But what I will learn about myself and what my learning about myself will do for the company will pay off royally. We've got to be willing to take those risks. We have to be willing to take those risks. Someone's taking them, right? (laughs) Someone's taking them. It might, it might as well be us. (laughs) Yes. And I, I totally agree. I was having this conversation uh, with a friend the other day about risk and being risk adverse. Like I risk, I have a higher tolerance for risk than most people. Um, and so I think there are some people that are like, no, 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 I can't do that. Like they're very risky at first. And then there are people like me that are like, well, let's just jump off the bridge and see what happens, you know? And so, <laughs> I love it. You know, <laughs> so we are wired a little bit differently, but here's, here's what I'll say about risk is there is a way to mitigate risk by making strategic decisions and by research and preparation. So to take it back to basketball, like if I am not oh, I hear, sure. I hear, if give us one moment, Chantel. I hear we're going to a break. We're going to come back and talk about mitigating risk and taking it to the next level. We'll hear you right after this break. Thank you. This is Everyday Peace. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
when listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio. You're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life. Whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had, realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you've brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get into our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, One drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Recovery from addiction can be a lonely experience. Get help and support with Rev. Lonnie Vanderslice, Rev. Dan Beckett, and Spirit of Recovery every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. Welcome to a place where spirituality and recovery meet. Each week you'll hear stories and topics that are important to the recovery community. Tune in for some lively conversation and join in with your questions and comments. Nearly 21 million people struggle with addiction in America. Reach out and join us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. You're listening to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James, and we're talking with Chantal Anderson today. And we're talking. We we ended the session before we went to break, talking about mitigating risk because sometimes risk are the reason that we're not so self-confident because we're afraid to take risk and we stopped just when she was telling us some pearls of wisdom of how to deal with risk. Because guess what? We're going to be increasing our self-confidence. We're going to take some risk and they're going to be mitigated risk because we're going to put these other practices into place to help minimize the risk process. And so Chantel, um, give us some 
you, you stopped with telling us some things we could do about uh, to mitigate the risk. Yes, yes. So um, there's no success without some kind of risk, right? Um, whether it is in your career, whether it is in your relationship, whether anything. No, nothing good comes without risk. And so instead of just like, we let's jump and see what happens, what we need to do to make ourselves feel better about the risk is prepare for it, right? We need to have some strategy behind it. We need to have some preparation and some work and some research behind it. Um, I'll use this example. When I, I was in medical device sales for almost four years after I retired from the WNBA and then I got into sales and I felt like I wanted to go into full-time entrepreneurship. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do I want to do and all this stuff. And so I decided that I wanted to do online courses and also speaking. And so what I do, I didn't just up and quit my job and be like, we, I'm going to risk it all. Like, no, not at all. I did some research. I, I looked up, okay, who is the best person in this field? Who do I need to learn from? I found who that was. I took her course. I asked a bunch of people. I got a mentor. I got all to prepare for this. And then I, I did the work. Um, I wrote my own course. I filmed my own course. Like I did all of that before I took that big leap of faith, right? And so, yes, it was still a risk, but I had work and strategy and, and research behind that risk. And so if you are feeling, you know, nervous about a risk that you have been called to take or you're being moved to take like that's awesome i i would say do it but you want to count the cost before you do it and to make sure that you have uh those things you know you're just preparing for it a little bit more yeah i like i like what you're saying there you know and there is um a verse and I think who here goes to war without counting the cost of war? And I don't want to talk about risk associated with war, but or builds a house without yeah. knowing the cost of building the house, right? So we do those yep. things. And I want to say this, guys, even though I love what you said, there is always some risk associated with going to the next level. We all know that. We're all adults. Yeah. But you do this research, you get yourself prepared, and then you step out on faith and you say, here's what I know. He, and here's uh -huh. what I feel in my heart. And I feel led because this is a passion and I've done some research and now I'm going to move forward. And I love to think of my life like this. I'm not exactly where you are. I wish I was the kind of person to just, just jump off the ledge, but I, I'm a bit more measured <laughs> and, and slow sometimes. But I like to say that I will do what I can do. And then God has to do the rest. Right? Yes. I will do yes. what I can do. And what I can do is follow the passion, the dream that's within me, do the homework, do the research, get myself in position. But ultimately the results, I, I, I cannot take responsibility for the results, right? The results belong to the Lord. You know, what he, he will do, what he will do with my effort. And I think if yes. you look at it that way, it would help us, right? Oh my help God, us yes, I, I totally agree with that. I love that you mentioned that scripture. It's Luke 14, uh, verse 26, I believe, somewhere around there. But um, yes, it talks about like who builds the tower without counting the cost, you know? Right. And so you do want to count the cost and you do want to um, just prepare for things. Like, and, and the same, like I went skydiving a few years ago and I'm not going to go skydiving. I'm not going to jump out of this plane without 
uh, taking the little class they put on before you jump out of the plane, right, to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to take jump out of this plane without somebody putting time and care into packing my parachute. Amen. <laughs> so right. there is always things that you can do before you take that jump into a new career or a new relationship to make sure that you are mitigating that risk and it is an informed risk uh, as opposed to blindly just going. Right. Going by the seat of your pants, as my grandmother would say. Right. So you do want right. to do some research in, there, <laughs> in that in yeah. that. But I want to the, the whole theme behind today, guys, for, for myself and for all the listeners is that we are improving our self-confidence because we have a mission to do. We have a work to do mm-hmm. on this earth and we don't want mm-hmm. not to do it because of low self-esteem or comparing ourselves to other people. And I want to get in for our listeners the name of your company, because we didn't say that at the very beginning. I didn't say that at the very beginning. So I know that you have a corporate piece to your business and then you have a piece where you work with individuals. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No worries. So uh, as I talked about, when I retired from the WNBA, I took some time and I really went through this process for myself and I figured out it worked and then people started asking questions. And so I started helping other people with it on an individual basis. And I just started running into so many people that I could help that I was like, okay, I got to put a process behind this, right? So I ended up writing a confidence and leadership curriculum. And so I took all my own experiences and what I had done and then underlined it with research and research is from different sources and different studies and all of that. And so I put all of it into a confidence and leadership curriculum and I started speaking. So now I speak at conferences, I speak at corporations. Uh, They bring me in to help their employees live more confident lives and prepare them for leadership in the company. So two weeks ago, I spoke at Google. Um, I've spoken for ESPNW, uh, United Health Group, and several other corporations. And so that's the confidence side. Um, But as you may have noticed, like my faith is a huge part of my life. So what I did after that was I took the same confidence curriculum that I teach in corporate and I underlined it again, not only with research, but with faith principles and taught that as confidently his. So that is my individual thing where I, I teach online courses. I have a, a journal that helps with intentional living. I have, um, you know, just meetups and stuff like that. And then individual speech coaching. But that is the confidence, leadership, self-awareness, and also faith. So that is confidently his. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I wanted to, we have a caller in the lines. So I want to just say this before I go to our caller. Now, I like the fact that your company is, is full circle. You're dealing with the corporate, the professional, and you. And I love the fact that yeah. in there, you were saying that companies, which are a lot of companies I know are doing this, wanting to make sure their employees are having, uh, being self-confident in their life, not just their professional life, but in their life, because this self-confidence yeah. that we're talking about really affects everything we do from parenting to being within our marriages, with our spouses, uh, with yeah. our, uh, other organizations and especially on our jobs as well. But if we are not confident in ourselves, everything that we do, the words that we speak, the way that we behave, everything that we do will affect 
every other part of our lives. So this self-confidence is so important and it's so different from ego. I have met many people who have, a, you know, they boast a lot and you, you're very egotistical in their, in their presentation as a person. But when you get to know them in the, you know, I call the underbelly of them, you can see that they're really lacking in confidence, that self-confidence. And that's why the, the exterior looks that way. So if we yeah. can really help to improve our confidence, even a little bit, you will see a wholesale improvement in so many other areas of your life. You, you know, your, your relationships with others, you guys know on this show, Everyday Peace, I talk a lot about what I call the big three, health, wealth, and relationship. And just like oh, I yep. think that the concept of peace infuses over all of them, confidence is one of those things. If you are feeling really, really unhealthy in that confidence area, you're going to feel it in those other areas. It's going to trickle in those other areas. What do you think about that, Chantal? Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally agree. And we started out talking about how confidence is the skill that impacts your ability to use every other skill you have. And that's, that's so true. You know, a lot of times we make decisions based on our belief of our own worthiness or lack thereof. Right. And so yes. it's not just confidence like, oh, I think I'm pretty today or, oh, I believe I can do this. But, you know, a genuine belief that I am enough, a genuine belief that I have something valuable to offer the world that other people need and that I am the one to tell them and I'm the one to give it to them. Um, so, yeah, confidence is, is huge. And you're so right as far as the discussion about corporations now realizing like, look, you can't separate the person from the profession. And so all personal development is also professional development because they go That's together. Right. And so corporations so right. are starting to realize that and, um, and, do, and take action on that. That is so right. That is awesome. I'm going to go to this caller before, and I want to talk a lot about asking these hard questions, And but I want to get our caller who's on the line waiting so patiently. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. So, hi. Um, you're on the line. Hi. hi. Great show, um, Dr. James. As usual, you always have great guests. It's great that you have a variety of different types of guests. So I'm going to be very brief. First, I wanted to say... Um, Ms. Anderson, I remember when you played in WNBA. I've been watching WNBA since the, um, <laughs> the advent with, with uh, Cynthia Cooper and all of them. But I just wanted to say this to you, that there are basketball players and then there are ballers, and you were a baller. I just want to say oh. that. You were a baller. You're kind. And thank you, you. And you know what I'm talking about. And you continuing that in, in your life outside of the WNBA. So I just wanted to say that because, uh, you can be a baller in a lot of different areas. Like Dr. Uh-huh. James to me, Dr. James to me is a baller and what she does. And there are some people that do things and there are other people that make a, an effort to perfect what they do and be the best. And so I wanted to say that um, you're very inspiring, especially when you talk about doing your life's purpose and then having confidence. And that is one of the big things that knowing you may have a thought about what you want to do, but when you start factoring in risk and all of these other things, if you don't have the self-confidence, it's very easy to shrink back into the, the familiar and that which you think is a, a comfort, but it's really not a comfort if you're not happy in what you're doing and not feeling fulfilled. So you really sort of, as you were talking about, settling. And, and your, I guess your career as an athlete taught you not to settle. So this has been a very yeah. inspiring show between the conversation between you two ladies. And I just want to say this inspired me. 
Oh my God. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so welcome. much for being a part of the Everyday Peace uh, Makers. I absolutely appreciate your calling in. And um, so with that, we're going to let you go. But thank you. Thanks again. And thanks for listening. You're welcome. All righty. Well, that was awesome. And so I wanted to, because that's what it's all about reaching, you know, our life impacting just one person and that person, you know, that person's lives touches other people. We get better guys. Here is the deal. I tell people, if you're waiting to wake up tomorrow and be somebody totally new, I know it's possible, but you're probably going to change just like the rest of us. One decision at a time. One oh decision God, so at a time, right? That's how the rest of us change, you know. Yeah. It's one tiny decision at a time. And today, I'm really encouraging you to do a little bit of work on yourself. Chantal said in the beginning of this, it's work. She did the work on herself. She asked herself the hard questions. And I want to talk about some of those hard questions. The first one you mentioned was, who am I versus what I do, right? That's a mm. question that a lot, of, a lot of us moms ask ourselves, especially I'm, I'm getting near the age where uh, my children are, I'm starting to empty my nest, one in college and a, and a sophomore in high school. And that's a question for a lot of parents at this age. It's like, okay, I've been the soccer mom, the PTA mom, I've been all these different people. And then who am I as opposed to what I do? That's a difficult question to answer for a lot of people so difficult and um i have not uh i'm not a mom but as far as being an athlete uh there was many many years where what i did and who i was was intertwined right like i i don't even to this day when i'm signing my signature on whether it be checks or you know, books or whatever, I still have to resist the urge to put my number with my name because ah. for so long I'm defined by that number. You know, I never walk out on the court without that number on the back. They, they call it and they don't, they don't say your name. They say your number uh, when you foul or whatever. Right. So it was such a big part of my identity. And so many athletes go through this where we're like, shoot, this, this identity has been taken away from me. Or, and, and maybe I even walked away, you know, some, some athletes choose to leave or a relationship, you know, if you choose to seek a divorce or you choose to break up with that person, you've made that choice to change your identity. But at the same time, you still have to fight with that concept of shoot, who am I now that I'm not that role. Right. So it is a right. huge thing. And I think um, whenever there is change, we get to see what our identity was actually in. And then we get to take efforts to put it in the right, back in the right spot. I know for me, I can, um, you know, I work really hard to keep my identity in God, but as a, as a professional, as a woman, as um, a single woman, as a, you know, all of these things can consume parts of my identity. And I'm like, Okay, I'm trying to keep it in God, but this identity feels really heavy right now, you know. And and so we always have, get to get to work to keep our identity in the place where we would like it. I think that is so important. And I'm telling you guys, I'm getting all these little phrases popping in my head today. <laughs> but one of them is one of them is like uh, I die daily, right? Is so. You have yes. to, for me, I speak for myself, I have to um, 
and I know there are a lot of people out here who go through this too. You get up first thing in the morning and you realize that your identity is wrapped up in Christ, right? And that's mm-hmm. great, but your feet haven't hit the floor yet. <laughs> right? That, right? It's right. really easy before anything happens. <laughs> right. And then that's your feet hit the floor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Wait. So, and we have to, so this part, this part of, of dying daily, and this is really something that I did, and maybe it will help a lot of other people. And I currently do this from time to time. I, I don't have, I'm not doing it right now, but as I'm talking about, it, I may go back to it. I used to set my phone to chime or something like on the hour or maybe on the quarter after the hour or something like that. And that would remind me to recheck myself, to recheck in mm. with the inner Christ with me, because you get so caught up in the day and you're on this, you know, you, before you know, it, you're on a roller coaster of the day and you've been, you know, for me, I've been the mom, I've been the boss, I've been the car, you know, the carpool person. I've been, you know, yeah. the dinner coordinator, the caterer and all those things. And, <laughs> and you can get overwhelmed in that and become that activity. But we are called to remember throughout our day that my hand and my next move is tied to that of Christ. Right. Mm, so, yep. and that's yeah, why I used to do that. that I, is, I, 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 I love that strategy. Um, yeah, it's I, setting I, reminders throughout the day to just self-check, you know, I might yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I, you know, I'm thinking I may do that tomorrow. I may start back to this tomorrow because it really, it really is helpful for me when I, when I do that. So talk about some other things that maybe you would suggest people could do, uh, Things people are always looking for, you know, D, DIY, do-it-yourself uh, kind of things to help with their self-confidence, especially for those people who are maybe resisting a transition because they don't feel like maybe they're worthy, you know, that imposter syndrome, you know, uh, people feel like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, I'm not that good at it. Or I'm not the best. And people just, how can, what can people do to give themselves a little leg up with their self-confidence? That is a that's a really great question, and uh, one of the things that stands in the way of our self confidence daily is our fear, right? And fear is the one thing that we all deal with. <laughs> I always say, people always say, "Oh, be fearless," and I'm fearless, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. You're not. If you're fearless then you're not doing anything. And then you're not even fearless because you're afraid of doing something. So, like, none of us are fearless. The, the, bra- the bravest, most amazing person you know is scared sometimes. And we have to do it anyway. And so here's a, a couple things I always tell people. Number one, um, put together a courage resume. And this is something that I do. I literally, I had it on my phone for a long time and, I've just kind of trained my mind to do this naturally, but it's not natural at first, but make a courage resume. So anytime that you were afraid of something, did it anyway, and it turned out better or great, you put that on your courage resume, right? And mm-hmm. that is, that is your way. Take it easy. Excuse me? No, no, no. Oh, uh, you know what? I think our caller is still on there. Hold on. I, I hear something. Okay. Let's see if we can get rid of that background noise. <laughs> Hello? Yes. Okay. I think I, I think right. I got it. Yep. <laughs> that was the caller that okay. was still on. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no worries. Um, so anytime that you're afraid, you feel afraid, you do it anyway, and it turns out great, you put that on your courage resume. And 
you continue to add things to your courage resume. And so the next time you're afraid, you can use your past victories over fear to help you beat fear again. And as a speaker, I do this all the time. I remember the first, when I first got into speaking, I was doing a, um, a speech on the main stage of a big conference. I was going to people before Lisa Nichols. And right before I went on, Lisa walks in the room and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm already freaking out because I got to speak in front of these 800 people. And now Lisa Nichols just walked in the room, like what the heck? And so I used a past victory in basketball to help me get through this. I walk on the stage, like I did so good, humbly speaking, I killed it, right? Like it was amazing. I went to the back of the room. Lisa said she loved it, all that. The next time I was afraid of speaking, um, I remember, like, whenever I'm nervous about speaking, I remember that speech. Uh, a couple months ago, I was at Google, and I was so starstruck. I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm speaking at Google right now. Like, what in the heck? How is this, how is this even happening, right? And right. Then, I'm like, then I'm like, wait a minute. You killed it for the Lisa Nichols. Like, you are good. <laughs> And so I used that past victory over fear to, like, convince myself that I was about to go on and kill it. And I did. I did well, you know, and they brought me back. So that is I what love I people that. to do is make a courage resume. Um, and then that will help you chase your fear. That is the other thing I tell people to do. Chase your fear um, instead of running from it. Because fear hangs out with anything worth doing. And so instead of seeing it as something negative that you need to run away from, we should be looking at our fear like a compass instead. Oh, I love it. Chase your fear. I love that because you know what? Your next level of greatness is in that journey. Listen, for real. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that. Chase that fear. Don't let it chase you. You chase it. So yeah, that's where I'm afraid to be over there. That's where success is. That's where I'm going. That part. Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk to this person. Well, you better go talk to him. That's right. Oh, and you know what? I I want to say this really. You know what I've always found out too is that people are people, right? You just hit that. We're all afraid. The difference between someone like you and someone who hasn't achieved that is that you're you acknowledge. Yes, I'm afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I'm going to do it anyway. And if and if and this got to be some of your training too. If if I you know, really mess up and bomb out here, I'll get another shot. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this will not be the There's end of me. There's always another game. There's always another game, period. There's always, um, oh, I love it. I love it. We only have a few minutes left, like three minutes left. And I want to say this quote, I, I got it off, I do all this research. I love reading about you and learning about you. And I, and I found this somewhere. It says, none of us, this is said by you. I'm a, <laughs> none of us is just one thing. We are a collection of our contradictions. I love. <laughs> I love. Thank you. It's so true. I love. Sometimes, that. sometimes it makes us feel like a hot mess, but amen. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love that. So I want to. I want to leave our audience with, with to think about that. None of us is just one thing. We are mm-hmm. a collection of our contradictions. Chantel, how can people work with you? If, if people want to get in touch with you, I know you're working with people, with big organizations like Google. I am so humbled to have you here on the Everyday Peace Show, Dr. Drayvon James. Amazing. Lisa Nichols, you're doing those types of things, but you're, you're, you're working with people too, right? Yes. You're, you're yes, the, the type I of- do. 
So how can people yes. uh, reach out to you? So, yes, I would love to hear from you. Uh, my website is confidentlyhis.com. So confidently and then H-I-S, confidentlyhis.com. And then you can join my email list. So I send out confidence and faith tips uh, on my email list. So you can join that. There's also, like, you can just go through the every, – everything is on the website. So that's really the best way. And then I'm also on Instagram, like, all the time. So you can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Miss Chantel, M-I-S-S-C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-E. So Miss Chantel. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, I would love for you guys to connect with me. Um, if you're in the LA area, definitely join the email list because I do different events. Um, I have different meetups, different confidence and faith conversations and different speaking engagements. I absolutely love it. Really quickly, this show is called Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Share one strategy that you use uh, on a regular basis to maintain peace in your life. Oh my gosh, um, that is such a that is such a great question. And um, I will just you know I know we have people of of different. Oh, we're we're, that, we're almost is- giving. We have less than a second. <laughs> Oh, okay. Ah, we're gonna miss- 32, 17, the fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. So I just try to Awesome. Be awesome. It's a great way to end, guys. Thank you for listening to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. Talk to you next Monday. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.